You're listening to News Nine Live podcast. I'm Neha. As Prime Minister Narendra Modi completes nine years in office on the 30th of May, News Nine has been speaking to various people about the significant changes that his governance has brought about in terms of transforming India. In this episode of Modi at Nine, we'll be speaking to journalist Rohan Dua about the steps taken by the Modi government towards transforming India. Welcome, Rohan. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Neha. Rohan, it's it's a huge topic, and of course, you know we'll try to cover as much as we can. But I'll begin by asking you if you were to highlight two things about Modi that make him indispensable in terms of positioning India as a major player in geopolitics. What would you highlight? Uh, you see, I mean, I have followed uh, Prime Minister's career from the constituency where he has been elected from twice. That is Varanasi. uh if i have to list out two uh, achievements either his personal or that of his government then uh, essentially uh, they will be uh, the launch of the welfare schemes which could directly benefit people at large such as ujwala ujala and pradhan mantri awas yojana and second restore restoration or reestablishment of the shrines which were crucial to the majority population of this country which were neglected for more than 60 to 70 years after independence such as kedarnath such as uh, kashi vishwanath in banaras such as ujjain temple uh, in uh, uh, madhya pradesh so uh, considering the fact that uh, uh, the majority of the population follows a religion irrespective of the fact that uh, His, his government has been uh, equally kind to the minority whether it was the uh, abolishing of uh, triple talaq or for that matter ensuring the reach of uh, the the schemes and the beneficiaries uh, of the schemes which i just listed out jandan awas yojana or uh, jandan yojana or awas yojana or uh, uh, jan suraksha or for that matter ujwala and ujala uh from my own experience i must tell you that when i was posted with the leading english daily as their bureau chief uh, for about 6 years uh, in the hindi heartland of up there is a place called jayas uh in amethi from where the then uh, hrd minister smriti rani was going to contest her elections from opposite uh, the then congress president rahul gandhi uh from my own experience i'm telling you that jayas is a place of mohammad jayas uh who wrote the famous poem padmavat and when i went there right outside the funeral place of uh, the burial of uh, uh, mohammad jayas where uh, the en- engraving mentioned him and uh, invoked his name there were about 700 odd beneficiaries among muslim fraternity who had got uh, the houses and i had posted that video uh, uh, on on my twitter timeline and on youtube as well and with the then english delhi uh, where uh those muslim fraternity people mentioned that uh they, the these schemes were not biased against them so uh i feel that uh his ability to uh list out the welfare schemes uh and ability to construct uh at the same time the temples favoring the majority that is something very remarkable personally for me this, this only sort of shows uh how much dependence he had on the bureaucrats who he empowered which is also a third thing which i must say because since you asked only two things 
uh, third thing is his dependence and heavy reliance reliance on these uh, uh, serving bureaucrats and retired bureaucrats who he empowers them even ahead of his ministers uh, or the member parliamentarians such as uh, le- le- let's look at Hardeep Puri or uh, uh, Jay Shankar both of them were retired bureaucrats who were accommodated in his ministry who would have dared to accommodate two retired bureaucrats and given them a powerful portfolio ahead of elected representatives from his party, but he did. So did he by constituting the board of Ram Temple when he accommodated uh, a bureaucrat, uh, uh, Mr. Mishra from Nipin, Mishra from uh, uh, his government, who served as a principal secretary to him and ensured that he leads that board. So, which, right. which essentially speaks about the fact that uh, he likes to uh, find people on merit and he also ensures that when he gives the uh, responsibility, there is a way for him to find the deadlines and find the deliverables. You see, who would have thought during COVID uh, that he would take a risk, the risk appetite which he has, uh, that he would go on to commission a project on Central Vista and then also ensure that it gets completed as soon as COVID is over. And you see, uh, within two years of COVID uh, hitting our lives and then leaving our lives, if not completely, but to 90% of its effect, uh, India could vaccinate uh, more than uh, 60 to 70% of its population uh, within one and a half years and then also have this project complete uh, less than 1,000 crore spent on it. So, you know, uh, these are the two uh, trademarks uh, of, of, of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, which put him in gold stead and which put him actually miles ahead of any of his contemporaries or uh, any of the opposition leaders who have been either dynasts or who have uh, been at the helm of their regional political parties over the last 30, 40 years. When I say regional political parties, I uh, meant those who have also passed away. For example, uh, Mulayam Singh Yadav or the contemporaries, let's say, uh, the Devig or the uh, the Gandhis and so on. So it, it's or, or the or the the Lalu Prasad Yadavs. So these contemporaries of of his who are of the same age bracket, they I believe he has been able to overshadow them and pip them only because of his ability to understand what uh, India needs at what stage. He were he was very sure that when he was on the uh, powerful wicket. Uh, and the majority government was in place to 70 plus. He brought triple talaq, uh, uh, even at the cost of thinking that uh, the the majority, the the vote bank of BJP may not like this idea that uh, he was going for either the UCC or triple talaq abolition and uh, doing the welfare for the Muslims fraternity. But he did that. So steps have been very aggressive at at, at certain stages, and uh, the rewards have been equally aggressive for him. Uh, as the old saying goes, that fortune favors the brave. Okay, all right. Well, in terms of economy, Rohan, you know, this government plans to make India a $5 trillion economy. What steps have been taken in that regard by the Modi government? So, uh, you know, uh, with, with Prime Minister Modi, uh, uh, I understand and I'm given to understand when he works on uh, initiatives on lifting the economy, and that is when he gives the target of achieving a $5 trillion economy by 2025. Uh, I don't find that target uh, 
too easy but not too difficult either at the moment because like i said he likes to develop a road map in collaboration with various stakeholders to position that economy for example i must tell you that when uh, imf uh, kept projecting india to be the fastest growing economy globally he used strategically those imf's uh, uh, forecast to bring important leaders to his country such as donald trump at that time uh, uh, the sitting us president it's a different uh, matter altogether that trump lost the elections but the fact is that the indication given to the world leaders to invest here was that that if i can bring us president to my own home state uh, and then also address uh, a gathering uh, uh, from the cricket stadium then it's it's quite relevant that uh the investments uh, will come here so as a result i must tell you that uh 2 months ago uh when the tatas uh, ordered their aircraft it was the a joint call between uh several uh us officials uh with the plane makers of airbus and boeing who uh who who, who commissioned this order order despite uh tatas not using the entire money to leverage uh, and in purchase of this aircraft the order was so massive that uh 840 aircraft uh order for 880 840 aircraft was uh, commissioned and this could not have happened unless you made a direct contact with the uh with either the uh, global leaders uh, of the world or with the companies what he does very carefully if you see look at uh the recent visit to to sydney he made an effort to uh not uh, cancel the visit to australia despite biden calling off the quad summit you see now the look at the emphasis which which a global leader has he went ahead with the plan to hold uh the summit there uh, despite the quad summit getting cancelled after joe biden announced that you know that he would hold the meet uh, uh there in uh, the the g7 um, meet uh, uh in in uh, hiroshima he went ahead with his plan to meet his australian counterpart and such was top industrialist of australia wanted to host him or meet him either a day prior to uh, his landing in sydney or on the day when he was uh, uh, he had already held uh, his public address so uh, i don't find the targets of uh, 20, uh, 2025 uh, for uh, for such a huge economy to be uh, to be not met but having said that there are of course uh, challenges which includes at the moment uh, a high inflation rate and also uh, the the rising uh, crude oil prices uh, because of the russia and ukraine war having said that i would still stick my neck out by saying that uh, considering that covid was one of the toughest times for every country but but not exactly for india that much as much as the uh, other countries faced the onslaught uh, india has still managed to eke out a space for the oil prices uh, we have maintained a, uh, a level playing field as far as uh, the retail prices are concerned uh, it's it's still hovering around 100 odd or so though though preferably uh, an average indian would prefer to uh, the prices to come down by at least 10 to 15 rupees uh, by next year because elections are going to take place but i i i believe that uh, uh, it's it's uh, prime minister's efforts on managing uh a, a very uh middle path with both russia and ukraine which has been uh, which has allowed us to purchase 
Russia's oil and use that to our advantage, mm-hmm. plus also ensuring that we can use our own currency. Uh, who would have thought that uh, you can still use rupee uh, after COVID at any of the uh, global airports? But uh, Middle East has already begun accepting it, and uh, uh, Middle East has also started accepting even India's uh, digital pay apps as well. So, which is, uh, I would say, a forward-looking step as far as the economy is concerned. The major boost to any country's economy is largely uh, the agriculture-driven, since we are an agriculture-driven country, it's largely the, uh, uh, the, the, the wealth that people make. And I must tell you that India has added more billionaires and uh, more unicorn companies in the last two years alone than any other country in the world, which sort of uh, not only lifts its own fortunes, but also gives an impression to the, uh, to the world that here is a country which trusts its entrepreneurs, whether those entrepreneurs are coming from the field of uh, a retail sector or an FMCG sector or uh, software or IT industry or software-enabled services. But you see, <clears throat> who would have thought that Apple would open after COVID two stores, uh, their flagship stores in Delhi and Bombay, but they did. Rohan, on the domestic front, the opposition often accuses the Modi government of changing the political discourse of the country, you know, making it polarized. But that does not seem to bother voters when it comes to voting Modi to power. What works with the voters? Um, you know, see, one uh, one of the reasons which I think that uh, Prime Minister works as a magnet to uh, most of these voters is his ability to maintain a corruption-free and taint-free image for himself. You see, Karnataka was definitely a setback. But the setback was also because of the fact that there were charges there were charges on uh, the incumbent minister, a uh, chief minister. But, but when it comes to choosing uh, the same uh, prime minister, they vote en masse for him. In fact, when I was traveling between Bangalore to Mysuru to uh, Chanapatna to Ramnagar and so on, at no place I found any negative feedback for Prime Minister Narendra Modi. The entire attack was reserved for uh, Mr. Bombay alone. So uh, you see, if uh, 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 one of the reasons, like I said, is that his, he enjoys today a corruption-free and a taint-free image. One, that there cannot be any charge against him or you cannot accuse him that he took money as an individual. Second point is, that at the age of 72 and 73, you tell me a single leader in this country who wakes up at 4 a.m. in the morning at the crack of the dawn and works till late midnight and then again uh, from Sydney, he's next day seen uh, arriving at the airport uh, with a lot of fanfare. Right. Finally, Rohan, what has been the biggest difference in terms of policy and governance compared to the previous regimes? You see, policy and governance, I would simply say that if UPA 1 and UPA 2 were the era of scams and scandals, then this era has been um, of, of that of uh, favorable policies for the common people, uh, Ujwal and Ojala and uh, uh, Pradhan Mantri Awas Yojana to uh, Jandan Yojana and so on. And right. that was something which was missing from there. If uh, The only Yojana which I remember of UPA 1 2 which worked well was uh, only the uh, Mahatma Gandhi schemes uh, on the roads, which uh, were also registered on the names of one particular uh, 
individual but but what prime minister has done is he has given and listed his yojanas and schemes uh, directly under his office to ensure that the deliveries uh, were direct rather than the cuts being given uh, which uh, once rajiv gandhi himself said that agar 1 rupaya jata hai to usme se sirf 25 paisa ya 10 paisa hi pahunchta hai right i'll wrap up on that note thank you rohan for joining me with all of those insights thank you all for listening mm-hmm.